Father Michael Judge was a Franciscan friar, a Catholic priest, a fire department chaplain, and an active participant in ministry to New York City's LGBT Catholic community. After his death at the World Trade Center on 9-11, he was also revealed to have been gay himself. In the years since, Father Michael has gained icon status with campaigns underway to canonize him as a saint. Now a new biography from Francis de Bernardo, longtime head of the Catholic LGBT advocacy group, New Ways Ministry, offers a deeper understanding of this man and his ministry. Francis, uh, welcome back to State of Belief Radio, and I'm really eager to talk with you about this. Well, I'm glad to be here, and I love talking about Father Michael. So, who was Father Michael? Well, he was a very authentic human being. I, I think that is the the main thing that I've learned in researching his life. He was a man who was became a very aware of his strengths and his weaknesses. And he did have weaknesses and acknowledged those. But in acknowledging his weaknesses, I think that he learned to rely rely a lot on the power of God working through him. And uh, I think that's what uh, really distinguished him so well, so much from from other um, uh, Catholic priests at the time and, mm-hmm. and even now. The stories of his uh, ministry to AIDS patients and other marginalized persons are legend. Uh, talk about that side of his personality and of his ministry. Well, I think it's important to... Um, to remember to to recognize that he um, turned to ministry to the marginalized after after a, a pretty strong career in mainstream ministry for over twenty five years uh, he was a parish priest the most ordinary ministry of all in in uh, for the Catholic clergy. Uh, and uh, during that time, um, he um, became um, aware of both his sexuality, and he became aware and and addressed his alcoholism as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think his workaholism uh, too. Mm-hmm. And I think in in doing that, he he got in touch with the need to um, go to the margins of society, uh, to the people who were the weakest, to the people who were the most left out. Mm-hmm. And so I think his his ministry to uh, people with HIV/AIDS, to those who are homeless, 
to those who um, are more LGBT. Um, I think all sprung from his own development as a person, um, and and recognizing that, you know, that um, God welcomed everyone mm. uh, into the fold, and and I think that that was true, also because of his Franciscan spirituality, mm-hmm. his Franciscan spirituality, uh, Franciscan life. Franciscan philosophy teaches that, you know, that God is in all creation mm-hmm. um, and, and that God could be found anywhere and everywhere. Francis, uh, some anti-gay voices in the church have loudly denied the reality of his sexual orientation, but the evidence is right there from uh, colleagues who knew and respected him as well uh, as his own writings. Isn't that right? Yes. He he kept a journal um, for a short period of time, and there are a number of references to his awareness of his gay identity in, mm-hmm. in the journal. And, and, and why is it important— to highlight the fact that Father Michael was gay? I think it's important because some people of faith, not just in the Catholic Church, um, but in other Christian churches too, I think there are some people who consider um, an LGBT identity as incompatible with Christianity. And I think that... um, it's important to recognize that someone we who we revere as an icon um, that among his many um, different facets of his personality and of his spirituality was the fact that he was gay yeah, that I'm you sorry. could you know i think he he his life proves that you know you can be gay and you can be holy yeah. He did so much for LGBT uh, Catholics in New York. Uh, What do we know about Father Michael's feelings regarding his own sexual orientation? I I think that Father Michael, one of the best things about him is that um, he integrated his sexuality into his personality. Hmm. It wasn't something um, that was compartmentalized. And often when people compartmentalize their sexuality, you know, just leave it in one area of their life, that uh, that's when um, uh, aberrant behavior often manifests. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think that he... Um, he recognized um, his sexuality as being an important part of who he was and as a, a way to relate to God um, in a unique way. What kind of person was he? Mm-hmm. The, the biggest impression uh, I, I got from learning about him was that he was a very gregarious person. Mm-hmm. He was very outgoing, and he loved human beings. He just loved to be around people, and he loved uh, 
seeing the unique things of people. So he was comfortable with people who had no homes. He was comfortable with suburban middle-class people in the parishes where he worked. He was comfortable with with uh, the firefighters who lived, you know, on dangerous edges. He was comfortable with people who had HIV AIDS who were um you know, facing at the time a, a certain death sentence, um, and and he found God in in all of those different types of people, yeah. and and rejoiced in it. He developed a very optimistic outlook. He did have times. So don't want to paint him, you know, sure. with all brush with all positive brushstrokes. He did have times of of sorrow and 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 you know, what mm-hmm. we might call depression. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think overall he learned that um, he he exhibited a um, a, an appreciation for mm-hmm. uh, for the diversity of human beings that that he came in contact with. Tell us about the initiative to uh, elevate uh, Father Michael to sainthood. What's the process like, and why is he a good candidate? My organization, New Ace Ministry, uh, has been trying to help form a group of people who will work uh, seriously towards his canonization as a saint. I've been in touch with a priest from the Vatican who who wants to promote um, Father Judge's cause for canonization, mm-hmm. um, but there has to be an organization who will raise money and and find people and help with research because it is a, a quite an extensive, time-consuming process. Um, so that's that's where we are now is trying to get an organization who will who will shepherd this cause through um uh through the church channels. What made you want to write this book? Well, I you know have been involved in LGBT ministry since 1992 for for 30 years now. I did not have the benefit, blessing, and pleasure to meet Father Judge, but the more that I learned about, um, the more that I learned about him, the more that I saw that he was um, a, a figure that needed to be raised up. Um, I, I guess what I really wanted to do was to focus not just on his biography, but on his spiritual biography. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, but what I have found in working with LGBT people is that they have a a unique spirituality. And when I wrote the book, I wanted to uh, when I sat down to start researching it, I wanted to find out what his spiritual what his spirituality was, what his spiritual influences were. Yeah. And and I found that in addition to his gay identity. There was his Franciscan spirituality. There was his Alcoholics Anonymous spirituality. There was his Irish heritage spirituality, and and there was his New York spirituality. Mm-hmm. He was a diehard New Yorker, mm-hmm. um, and and I think that that his 
his love of the bustle uh, and diversity of the city uh, really helped him uh, grow closer to God. Yeah. Francis, while you're here, um, I I want to ask you about a historic event that uh, took place last month. Uh, As I understand it, we saw the first Vatican representative meet with an openly LGBT Catholic group. Is that right? Yes, that is. The, The Catholic Church, since last fall and onwards until 2023, is undergoing a a synod process where Pope Francis has invited all Catholics to talk about and with each other and and with their leaders to talk about the direction that they want to see the church going in. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's really a a revolutionary and unique situation. And Pope Francis has specifically said that he wants to reach out not only to the church-going Catholics and the and those who are very content with Catholicism, but with with those who have been alienated or marginalized. So we have been doing programs for uh, this synod, and one of the programs we did was invite one of the heads of the synod office, a French nun named Sister Natalie Beckart to address uh, our supporters. Hmm. And so on June 3rd, we had a Zoom webinar, um, and we had people from over 30 countries, mostly the U.S., listen to her talk about how the Church wants to hear from them. So it was quite significant. Do you think this portends more such encounters going forward, or is some kind of conservative backlash within the church likely to follow? Well, that's a good question. I'm hoping for the former. I think that that what this event did was was that it broke the ice. And I think that we will see other church officials be more open to following the example of this Vatican leader. There will be backlash, I I can guarantee you. I mean, we've already seen it in the form of Catholic press condemning this this French nun for speaking to our group. But overall, the response has been positive. Francis, I I don't want you to get away without uh, talking to our listeners about the organization you lead, New Ways Ministry, and uh, I'd like for you to tell them uh, how they can get involved in uh, following and supporting that work. New Ways Ministry, is, we are 45 years old this year. We were founded by a priest and a nun who were uh, Sister Janine Gramick and Father Robert Nugent, who were pioneers of LGBT ministry in the Catholic Church. And we continue their mission uh, of what they saw as the way they describe it as building bridges of justice and reconciliation between the LGBT community and and the wider church. So we have programs, we provide resources for pastoral ministry, for social justice, for developing spirituality, and people can find us on the web at www.com. And then this is all one word, new 
waysministry.org. And when you get, they get there, they'll, one of the things they'll find is our daily blog, uh, where we post every single day and have been doing so for 10 years on Catholic LGBTQ news, opinion, and spirituality. And it's a great way to, for people who are interested in the relationship of the Catholic Church and the LGBTQ community to keep up with the most current uh, events and current perspectives. Francis Bernardo is the longtime executive director of uh, New Ways Ministry. His uh, comprehensive biography of Father Michael Judge titled, Take Me Where You Want Me to Go, has just been published by Liturgical Press. Francis, it's always good to talk with you, and thank you so much for being with us again on State of Belief Radio. Well, it was my delight. Thank you for speaking with me. Same for us. Same for us. Well, that's all the time we have for this week's show. Your donations help keep us on the air. Information on how to donate is available at stateofbelief.com. That's stateofbelief.com. Stay up to date by subscribing to the free weekly State of Belief podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast platform. And take a moment to follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Be part of the conversation. Social media helps connect like-minded people in conversation and company. I'd ask you to share State of Belief with just one person this week for whom you think this might be helpful. Our producer is Ray Kirstein. State of Belief Radio is a production of Interfaith Alliance. Become a member today at interfaithalliance.org. And be sure to join us next week for more stories from the intersection of religion, government, and politics. Until then, you all take care of each other. I'm Welton Gaddy. That's State of Belief. The only one who could ever reach me was the son of a preacher man. The only boy who could ever teach me was the son of a preacher man. See, Welton.